It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Glad you're with us. Wednesday afternoon, Outkick 360 rolls on from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up in 20 minutes, Trey Wallace from OutKick.com will join us. He's the SEC writer for the site, and he is boots on the ground for us all week as the SEC begins their basketball tournament in Tampa. He'll check in, plus Dane Bradshaw later in today's show. That will be at 420 Central, 520 Eastern. Dan Dockich normally joins us uh, during this hour on Wednesdays. He will join us tomorrow. Crew is all here. Uh, Carson, the commander, is now in Washington. Carson Wentz traded to Washington, and now we await to see what the Colts do to make a move to get their starting quarterback. They don't have a first-round pick. They moved up to, Paul, did you say pick 45? Uh, 42 from 47. So they moved up five picks to 42. Um, so they also have 73 and 82. That's their first target a quarterback in the second round round. potentially, but tough to guarantee yourself anything if you wait that long and you're getting the last guy, right? Or you're letting other people dictate who you get for sure. And, And you are, unless you're trading away future picks, you're also going to pair that young guy with a veteran that you're going to sign on the free agent market. So it's either free agency or make a trade for a quarterback currently under contract. There are three that are at top of the list. Jimmy Garoppolo is the one being talked about the most, Chad. That's who Bob Kravitz is calling for, the big columnist in town. Okay, so Jimmy G, who's coming off shoulder surgery, but again, won twice as many games as he lost as the starter in San Francisco. Kirk Cousins is uh, uh, a veteran in the league on his final year of a contract in Minnesota where the Vikings signed him to a three-year, $80 million-plus guaranteed contract. $45 million is on that contract this year, and they're on the hook for it. He's among the top four quarterbacks in the league among salary cap hits for teams. The Colts have a lot of room, but... Earlier in the show, you mentioned another name that we should keep an eye on, even though it's in the division. Deshaun Watson. Uh, I mean, if you're looking at a quarterback that would strike fear from a play standpoint of every other team in the division, it it would have been Russell Wilson. I think Deshaun Watson would do that now. And I understand that there's no clarity at all. He's about to appear before a grand jury in two days with two of these these alleged incidents Mm -hmm. with uh, the, the female masseuses. So... You have no idea what the league's going to do. We have no idea what the legal system's going to do that has still yet to press charges um, against uh, against Deshaun Watson. So that would be the one to me that would obviously shift the balance. Yeah, for sure. Uh, of what the Colts could be uh, from the quarterback spot. Um, here's another one I'll just I'll throw out there, and I believe, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, fifth-year option year coming up for Baker Mayfield? Yes. He's about to play it. You wonder if the Browns, I know they, 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 they are the ones who executed the fifth-year option 
and they've got him on that rookie deal with that. But would he ever be in play? You're as a trade partner with someone. You're executing that fifth year option, obviously, way back in the uh, after the third year, uh, which is a tricky thing. I mean, I think the Browns would love to upgrade at quarterback. <laughs> Again, we're talking, uh, you know, uh, two thirds of the league, half of the league would like to upgrade at quarterback. There just aren't enough quarterbacks here. I think the hope in Cleveland is he gets healthy. Um, everyone around him plays well, and you get the best version of Baker Mayfield now. And, well, and if it's going to be a proven year, might as, well, might as well be the proven year ago. in Cleveland with yeah. your team. The one if you drafted him, uh, it wouldn't make a ton of sense. I was just thinking of guys with a year left on a deal that are of the same Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo ilk. And I would no put money. Baker Mayfield in that mix. The thing about but Mayfield is there's no money left for him after this year, so. Like you said, playing it out in a contract year for the Browns, probably the best of circumstances for the Browns, who would like to find somebody to compete with him as well. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't feel good about Baker Mayfield now, but I don't know what they're gonna do that that's better than saying, Hey, show us and you can earn a big deal. The, the best but, options now might be trading for a guy and then signing one of these you know, Trubisky, Bridgewater, middle tier guys, yeah, or yeah, exactly. I mean, just some someone that can help help you if you have to turn to another quarterback uh, because your starter isn't working out, like it tends to go middle of the pack or gets hurt. Well, and and Hutton, I think you brought up Kirk Cousins. If I'm looking at one year options to be a playoff caliber team or hang around that playoff picture all year, I think Kirk Cousins to me. Kirk Cousins is a better option than Jimmy Garoppolo uh, to, to be that team. So I'd put him at the top of the list. From a practicality standpoint of finding that guy who could get you in the playoff mix while also trying to develop the next big quarterback by drafting one, it is pairing a rookie with Mariota or Trubisky. And I think Mariota and Trubisky are similar. If you like in, the fourth, In a lot the of fifth. ways, in, in both their weaknesses and what they like to do. They, they both can run. That you have that run option like you had with Carson Wentz also. Mm -hmm. uh, Mariota's had more of an injury history. Uh, they obviously have their weaknesses as well. But, I mean, if you're just looking for a one to two year, you know, I think about those Titans years with Matt Hasselbeck uh, as a veteran. A guy can go out and win you some NFL games, but you're not going to break the bank with those players. Maybe, maybe with Trubisky, who knows. But you're also not they're about going $10 to... $10 million a year. They're not going to sink you. Right, I don't think either one exactly. of those guys are going to totally sink you like some other quarterbacks we've seen start. The question is, if you'll take one, if you'll take one of those guys for one year, then do you like Sam Howell? You like Desmond Ritter? You know, and are you in range of those Carson Strong? And uh, you know, those are the guys you might have a crack at at forty-two. So if you're in love with one of those guys and you say we're a year away from bringing that guy in and having him ready to start, then. You know, you can be fine with one of those guys. If not, then you need Garoppolo as more of a long-term answer for you, probably. And he's never going to be the best quarterback in the league. You're going to have to to win uh, less conventionally, which is hard to do, as we're saying in the AFC. Uh, Stephen Holder at the Athletic had a good article today. You know, is it a good thing for football, generally speaking, that the way the game is shaped now, rules-wise, and everything? that basically you have to sell your soul to get a top quarterback in order to have a chance to contend. And you used to be able to win with Jim Plunkett. You know, you can win 
a Super Bowl. Or you could occasionally win a Super Bowl with the Joe Flacco and be built a different way. I think we all agree right now, close to impossible to win a different way. You're not getting through the AFC right now winning a different way. That's what we talk about in Tennessee here. Ryan Tannehill would have to play out of his mind for the Titans, and we don't foresee it, for the Titans to get to the Super Bowl and the Titans to win playing defensive football and Derrick Henry-led football. When you look at the gauntlet of quarterbacks, they would have to beat in a four-game stretch. Is that ultimately good for the game? It's super entertaining to watch Josh Allen against Patrick Mahomes, but is it good for the game that it's it's the most quarterback-centric version of football we've ever seen? It's definitely good for the quarterbacks yeah, and the power they, they possess. I mean, is it good for the game? It, it's, it's led to a lot of entertainment. Is it best for the structure of a roster and what guys put their emphasis in and money they're spending and all that? I mean, if you probably, don't have one, probably getting not. Getting out of that trouble. But, I mean, I also think what's good for the fan is good for the game. And, and I've, I've got no complaints about the quality of NFL football right now that's very quarterback-driven. And, and let me also say this. If the Colts were so hell-bent on getting rid of Carson Wentz to fix their quarterback position ultimately and traded away the picks, not, not a big haul for this, but trade away the picks to get rid of Wentz to Washington, I firmly believe, I don't think it'll happen. I, I don't think the Texans would do it. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. But I, I bet they've been in contact with the Texans. Why wouldn't you? If you, if you knew you were going to get rid of your quarterback – and, I mean, I'm having that discussion. I'm, I'm talking to Arizona also. Th- sure. Those are two teams that I'm, I'm at least having the conversation. There's nothing taboo about calling someone. No, but the price tag talking about in it. division is always higher. So the Colts who have well, fewer draft resources. Yeah, but the Colts who have fewer resources to spend would have to pay a higher premium to get him if the stuff was settled in a way that you knew he was going to play for you. And they don't have more; they have less. The the other quarterback with a year left is Derek Carr, and I don't hear his name circulated all that much. I think it's because indications That's are a good one. That their relationship's off to a bang banging start. I mean i i would I would absolutely call him and call the Raiders and figure out what's going on, and if they're if they're set on just going into the year with him. You know who else we don't hear about? He'd be terrific. I mean, it, that'd be a great get for the Colts. Yes, I don't see the Raiders dealing. Uh, certainly inquire. You inquire about everything. But if you have a plan, so let's look at it from the Denver perspective of what happened yesterday. So Rogers stays and, and hasn't signed, but he's going to sign the contract with Green Bay. Within an hour, I mean, within 30 minutes, the trade for Russell Wilson is reported from NFL Network where he's headed to uh, from Seattle to Denver. Denver was in the mix for Rodgers. They had the they had the capability and the cap space and the money to spend on Rodgers. Where and, and match a deal that that Green Bay would have potentially been offering and ultimately did offer. Beyond that, so if let, let's compare that to Indianapolis. Indianapolis just traded their guy. Is that because they've got a deal worked out ready to go and they they've moved Wentz to make to, in, in essence, make the seat open for whoever they're about to bring in without lowering the value of Wentz because once you trade for your veteran, once you trade your veteran and you acquire a guy. Well, you certainly make the Wentz move first. You make the Wentz move first, though, you get the most value for him and then you pick up the guy you're going but with. But I think right? if they had something lined up, we'd be hearing whispers about it already. We've been hearing whispers about the Colts and the new quarterback for weeks. Well, no, we didn't but hear. Who? 
We didn't. Well, no, hear, no, but that's been the, so now. That's what I'm saying. We led be, the show. If they with had that. something in place, we'd we'd have heard whispers about it already. We didn't hear a lot of whispers about something imminent happening with Russell Wilson. No, we didn't to the Broncos. And guess what happened? The moment that uh, an hour after Aaron Rodgers yeah. announced he's staying, boom, there was a deal in place. You sweeten the pot. So I, I just wonder what. Who, Something's going on. Garo- the guy we know is available is Garoppolo. Is is Cousins or Carr available? If they are, those guys are better options to me than Jimmy G. Um, if not, Garoppolo, I mean, San Francisco can... Now, I won't say fleece the Colts for Jimmy G because they, we all, the Colts know they're trading him. But you get my point. They can, they can get more of an offer from Indy. Yeah, to me, Carr's a long-term other, solution. But imagine what happens. So what happens if Indy doesn't end up with Jimmy G? Because what do you do if you're the 49ers at that point? What do you trade him away for when a year ago or a week ago, you would have thought you would have received at least a second-round pick for the guy? His value... Before the shoulder... You're, you're in a tough spot. Before the shoulder yeah. came up? Yeah, you're running out of options well, now so, if you're safe. Yeah, you look, know. there's also talk that, that Lance isn't, you know, there yet. And... Uh, you know, I have confidence in Kyle Shanahan getting him there, but this is a pretty damn good team. And if he needs half a season, are you sacrificing half a season and playing a, a not ready Trey Lance who's not going to be uh, good? Well, I, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that we didn't sit here during the playoff run. And I asked Armando Salguero directly, "Hey, if they make a run to the Super Bowl, does Jimmy G save his job?" Nope. That was shut down fast. So I'm not going to pretend that we didn't have that conversation a month ago and waste everyone's time if, in fact, San Francisco is just going to sit around and keep in, him and in, start him over Trey Lance, who they traded away future first-round picks for to move up to number three overall. And I'm Shanahan, I shoulder, trust on this. They, the he knows what he's doing when he drafted him. The plan was always, no matter what happened this year, to go to him. So, I mean, that that's going to be the plan. Also, I'm saying if the shoulder deadens his value to beyond a certain point. Well, let's say healthy You can't Jimmy trade Garoppolo. him for a sixth. Let's let's compare healthy Jimmy Garoppolo. What is the sales pitch in Indy other than he's not Carson Wentz in terms of value of quarterback statistically, what they right, do well? Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, what you're saying it's the is same type Jimmy of guy. Garoppolo is Carson Wentz, but you know, he didn't lose playoff games for his team. He he avoided losing the game, but he's not gonna win you anything. When the games really that, matter. That's fair. Well, I've said all along, I think part of what comes out of this for post post Wentz, or even if Wentz stayed, was a somewhat reformatted offense that's heavier on Jonathan Taylor, that's less quarterback reliant. That's partly Reich um, reining himself in because he can't resist temptation sometimes to go away from what's healthiest for them that, that you pointed out many Mondays after the Colts ran inexplicable offense at crucial periods of crucial games. I mean, they beat the Bucks if they just hand the football to Jonathan Taylor for one you know, once or twice and within a 27-play period. And they that's certainly to. the style that they need to run if Jimmy Garoppolo's their quarterback. is yep. uh, you know I, I don't think the 49ers are slinging the ball all over the place. What helped him win games as their quarterback so, was playing in a certain system that was run run heavy and run based and smart and defensive. And that's what the Colts need to be if he's their quarterback. That's what the Colts needed to be with Wentz as their quarterback. And they I, weren't see, I wonder, enough. I wonder if if the Colts end up with a quarterback other than Jimmy G, 
I wonder if that opens the door for Mike McDaniel to trade for Jimmy G in Miami, um, who would be able to bring him in. He knows the offense, knows the guy. Um, and you and have Tua on the market. You can trade Tua or you keep Tua because Tua is on a rookie deal and you don't have to pick up his fifth year option yet, or you will, but you won't. Not till next with next a new year. with a new head coach coming in. So again, like I, um, it it could fall into place for Miami, who has been very quiet while other teams in the AFC have made their move. Um, it, it curious uh, it's, because because there's op- options are running out other than Carolina or. Or Indy, I'm I'm looking around. Pittsburgh, think, uh, maybe New Orleans, maybe New Orleans. Um, Pittsburgh's interesting as Garoppolo well. Garoppolo has been attached to Pittsburgh for a while. That name's been been paired there. I won't be surprised if Pittsburgh just drafts. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of a lot uh, of Willis. Pittsburgh loves Malik Willis. Uh, rumors also. This is fun. It's a fun discussion to have, especially when you start to throw in what you just did, Hutton. The hypothetical of McDaniel being paired with his old quarterback, and then we suddenly start asking the question, okay, what's Tua's value on the market right. for a team that needs a starting quarterback? I don't think it's great, but there's options, just so many possibilities. Uh, Trey Wallace is about to join us. He has arrived in Tampa uh, ahead of the SEC tournament, which tips off. We're going to preview uh, everything going on in Tampa. We'll see how many SEC fans are already there. Luxury I'm hotel, calling it Chadstown. Chad was there. Chad, Chad was there Tampa. this past weekend. How did I not go this week for the bachelor party? Gasparilli. We had Gasparilli. a bunch of Vols fans that were at this bachelor party. How did we stay. not plan it up where we went the week that yeah. the SEC tournament was there and Listen, we could have gone? When you're to the 40 Tennessee and you're having your bachelor party, things like this slip through your mind. Yeah, just no one. I, I didn't organize it. Just no one really thought about that. They I mean, I think of it huge, as your wedding almost. They went huge for the golf. Oversight. Went for the golf, not the not the basketball. Huge oversight. Trey's there for the hoops, and uh, we preview the SEC tournament with Trey Wallace from Outkick.com next on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Great stations like Sports Radio 104.7 across the Upper Cumberland. Somo Sports Radio in Missouri. We say hello to everyone listening in Joplin. You can hit us up on Twitter at Outkick 360. And... With Fox Sports Shoals, Muscle Shoals, Alabama, Huntsville, Florence. Hello to everyone south of Tennessee. 
That's where Trey Wallace is. He's down in Tampa, Florida Way for south the of SEC tournament, which tips off today. Trey, glad to see that uh, you made your way to Tampa. Everything's set there in the hotel room, and you're set for what's going to be a very exciting tournament, giving coverage to OutKick. Yeah, no, I'm excited to to be down here. It was it was a crazy day of travel. Uh, about missed my connection just because the Charlotte airport is so bad. But that it is what it is. Uh, but we made it down here, and um, Outkick's going to uh, have you covered all week. And we kick this thing off tonight, uh, and then we're going to roll on with some big games starting uh, on Thursday and heading into the weekend, Jonathan. Well, so you've got a, a setup going where. You know, I, I I was saying earlier, I don't think the the way the tournament is set up is how we see it in the semis. I don't think we see the top four seeds. I think we'll see an upset along the way. Of the top four seeds, who do you think is the team that is ripe for an upset in the tournament? I think the weird to say, I think it's Auburn. Hmm. Um, I think when you go back and you look at the way that they've played the last couple games, and, and if they're not getting much from their point guards, they're having to rely on Jabari Smith. And, and look, Jabari can do it all, but teams have kind of figured out a way to, to play Auburn in a sense of, okay, let Jabari Smith have his, and then let's try to shut down Katie Johnson, Wendell Green. You got Cambridge out there. So I, I think when you look at it right now, Walker Kessler is just a different animal in the paint. But there are ways to take him out of his game, and one of them is getting him into foul trouble. So, you know, you you look at it overall. Like, I know what we're getting out of Tennessee. It's either going to be a bad shooting day or you're going to see Tennessee win the game by 10 points. You know, Arkansas, kind of the same thing. I know if J.D. Note doesn't get going, it's going to be a long day. With Kentucky, if Ty Ty Washington or Savai Wheeler or Oscar Shibway has an off night, it can go. But Auburn... There's just a couple of unknowns with this basketball team still, even though they are highly ranked and, and number one seed in this tournament. So right now I'm, I'm thinking there's going to be an upset of a one seed on Friday. I'm not saying it's Auburn just yet. I don't know the matchups, but I think if there is one, that would be it. You mentioned Jabari Smith. If, if you've got uh, one possession in this tournament, um, or, or the NCAA tournament after that to, to win a game? Do you want it running through Jabari Smith? Do you want it running through Oscar Shibway? Or uh, is there a C in, in your head uh, in Tampa? I, I would love it both uh, <laughs> with Walker or Oscar. Uh, but, no, I mean, look – Jabari Smith is that guy that can hit that 15, 16-foot shot. Uh, he can nail you from behind the perimeter if he wants to. Um, I, I look at the Auburn Tigers in a sense of having that, you know, Kentucky's got Oscar, Auburn's got, you know, Jabari. You look around at the other teams in the league and finding that one guy that they know that they can rely on certain situations. I think when it comes down to it, I, I, I would say Jabari Smith in that spot. Even though I, I love what Oscar does, but big game, end of the game, game winner type of shot, probably Jabari. But I'm interested to see how things go down here because it, 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 it's a different arena. These guys are going on the road. I want to see what shooting looks like, uh, especially out of the confines of their home school. We see what the top four of teams have done all year at home. Now let's see what they can do on the road. And, and I don't know about the crowd size yet, but I would say that there's, you know, a decent amount of Kentucky fans already here. Trey, you expecting a big emotional send-off tonight for Tom Crean from all that the Georgia faithful that are going to make the trip down to Tampa <laughs> for this uh, SEC tournament Wednesday night appearance? 
in all seriousness, um, Tom Crean's got to want this just wiped off the resume considering what else he's done throughout his coaching career. It is odd how miserable his tenure was in Georgia, and I'm not being over the top when I say that. He was a train wreck start to finish, and it ends in a little bit of scandal uh, with his coaching staff also. Um, who, who do you like for that job moving forward now at Georgia, and just what do you make of, of the mess with Tom Crean and his tenure there at Georgia? That They're at an all-time low for their program. There were two names at first, Chad, that I – when we started talking about the Georgia job earlier in the season, I was like, there was two former Tennessee assistants. Yep. It was Kim English who went into Athens, and he won. He beat them this year when he was at George Mason. But they didn't have quite the year that, that it played out to be. I think it was 14 wins total for them. But then you look at Rob Lanier, and I follow Rob Lanier because he coaches in a conference that – my school, South Alabama, is in the Sun Belt. So I, I keep up with what they have done. Rob Lanier would be a great hire at Georgia for what he can do when it comes to recruiting. Um, he's already established the Southern base. He's already kind of gotten out west a little bit when you, what you saw with him in Tennessee. You know that he can go up into the Northeast and recruit. So if you're looking for that guy that can come in and, and, and look, he's, he's not going going to be a sexy hire okay and that's a, and that's fine but i think when you look at what george is trying to do to reestablish himself you know in the state period i mean even with anthony edwards i mean you look at this this basketball squad of the last couple of years and they've just been a doormat and and chad i agree like the, the program the program in georgia shouldn't have this much of a problem they got a great arena they play in it, it looks cool on tv uh, they've got some facilities over there. You've got all that in-state talent in Georgia. You should be able to pluck one or two players, I think, per recruiting cycle uh, to come in. But Tom Crean, it just never felt like he fit. And and it is what it is. And I'm not knocking the guy. I just think overall from a standpoint of Southeastern Conference basketball, he never really felt comfortable at Georgia. But then also you look at it, Chad, and you look at the record and with the product that he's put on the court, there hasn't been really been anything to get excited about, you know, in Athens. So it's time for them to go out, find somebody new, somebody kind of fresh to bring in there. And, and if they can do that, then maybe Georgia can get back going. But, you I mean, it's just, it's just been bad. And, and they better figure it out quick because – Tonight, here in about four hours, Chad, the Vanderbilt Commodores could be sending Tom Crean home with his final loss of the season. It's Missouri and Ole Miss at 6 o'clock Eastern, followed by Vandy and Georgia as the SEC tournament begins in Tampa. That's where Trey Wallace is located, giving us coverage from Outkick.com. We know you wish it could be just two and a half blocks from here at Bridgestone Arena. You said you've gotten some Kentucky flavor down there already. Any other sense? I know... You'll be in the building tonight and have a, a lot better, and in a couple of days, really a full sense. But uh, at this point, what do you anticipate um, the the fan vibe and the traveling being like for this? You know, Paul, I I, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be tough. I, mean, I saw some Georgia fans today. Interesting enough, um, Kentucky fans uh, were were on my flight uh, from from Charlotte into Tampa. Um, so I think you're going to start to see that different flow, the fans. You know, it was interesting. I was coming down, I was leaving the airport, and I was scurrying downtown like 30 minutes ago just to get here. 
And I thought to myself, it's interesting that they're going through all of this to put this thing on in Tampa and everything surrounding it. Chad, you were just here. You you know what this city brings. And I know SEC fans have been here before in the past for a tournament, but it's just so different than what Nashville brings. It it really is. And it's it's spread it's not spread out once you get it downtown here, like if you're staying close, you know, the arena's right down the street. But I'm saying in general, like overall, just the feeling of we're in Tampa for an SEC tournament compared to Nashville or maybe Atlanta, it does feel kind of weird. And, and I think you're going to see t- tonight, don't look at it tonight because there's not going to be a lot of fans anyways. If you're a local basketball fan, that's why you go watch the games tonight, take your kids. Tomorrow is where it will start to get interesting to see if they can even get 14,000 people into this huge arena down here in Tampa, because it's, if they can't, and it looks bad on television, they won't bring this thing down here anymore. It's a bummer that Florida is actually playing in the early game tomorrow. They play at noon Eastern in Tampa. You know that that could be a big draw for them. Four dollars a piece right now at StubHub to see Florida <laughs> play in state team tomorrow. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Florida can't even get people into their home arena in Gainesville when they're good. Uh, I, I marveled at the lack of fans in the Billy Donovan era. Uh, for Florida basketball, so that they're a bit of an outcast when it comes to basketball. Either way, I'm going to put Florida in this mix for this next question. Also, Trey, most likely to get canned by the end of this tournament. Uh, when you after Tom Crean, I'm putting Conzo Martin on that list. Ben Howland at Mississippi State. Will Wade now with the NCAA problems and issues going on. I think you got to put Mike White on that list at Florida if they lose in the first game. Who's most likely? to be the next man out with SEC basketball because we all know it's not just going to be cream this year. I wanted to say Conzo Martin when you when you threw that out there, but then you threw Will Wade in there. Um, it, I think Conzo Martin, there's going to be talks about his job right when the season is over with, probably tonight. Those talks have already taken place inside the athletic department. But I think... If you're looking at the next guy that could lose his job this offseason, I think it's Will Wade. I am very interested in how LSU handles this, getting the notice of allegations, going in front of the independent committee, uh, putting together their response. How fa- If they come out and lose tomorrow and they're sent home, I, I'm just wondering how far LSU is really willing to go to bat for Will Wade, if this thing comes up bad here at the end of this season, do they, you know, you want to wash your hands of everything? Um, do the does the the investigation they have it and it'll come out soon? Um, is that going to shed even further harsher light on Will Wade? That's what's going to be intriguing to me over the next two to three months when it comes to what LSU's doing is how far they dig in on this thing uh, because that could be one coach that I think. Could surpri- it could surprise some folks if LSU's like, nah, we're good. We don't feel like fighting this anymore. And they decide to move on. So I would go Conzo, Will Wade, and then go from there. But see, LSU, Trey, to me, has been saying that for years. Ah, we don't feel like fighting this, but Will Wade's a good coach, so he's going to remain in place. And let's let's flip that scenario. Let's say they win tomorrow uh, against either Ole Miss or Missouri. Uh, and then they move on and hypothetically beat Arkansas, and they make it to Saturday. Is LSU firing Will Wade for having success? 
Nope. Nope. <laughs> it's all exactly. about paid. If you're, if, if you're winning, you're yeah. going to keep your job. I mean, you've already come this far. I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was three years ago, four years ago to the day yesterday is when Will Wade was suspended for the SEC tournament. And then all of a sudden, notice of allegation story comes out. Um, look, you're not getting rid of somebody if you're winning and if you're packing out the arenas and you come this far with him. What I'm saying is if the NCAA or this independent committee does not agree with what LSU sets out there, the penalties that they're willing to take or they're going to put on themselves, that's where I think things could get interesting when it comes to Will Wade. They're, look, they're not going to fire the guy if he's winning to put butts in seats. So, you know. Start losing, we might have a different story to tell. So it, it, Tennessee's obviously not a sleeper in this tournament as the number two seed uh, coming into it. But if, if I'm looking at a team that has the ability to get hot from three and shoot a lot of threes and blow people out of the gym, I'm looking at Alabama as a six seed along with Tennessee as a two seed. That's not what we'd say about Tennessee teams in the past. Certainly that's the style for Nate Oates coach teams what do you think about both Tennessee and Alabama headed into this tournament, Trey? I love Quinterly from Alabama, and I love Shackelford. I really do. What they, the count is, what they bring to the game for Alabama from behind the arch and then also able to drive the paint, I really, really enjoy how Nate Oates get those, gets those players involved in the game plan. Here's the thing with Tennessee. Tennessee has the ability to get hot. We all know this. We've all seen this multiple times this year. But then they also have that, you know, that period where you go five minutes without a shot and you're shooting bad from three point range. And you know, I, I think that Tennessee is in a spot when it comes to Viscovi, Chandler, Ziegler, where we if you put that trio on the court, they're gonna cause chaos on Friday. But the biggest thing is who's gonna be the one out of that three that steps up from behind the arc? Because we've seen Triple J, he's been able to knock down shots. Um, you look at the different paths of how they have gotten to this point in the paint. You know, the, it, it's by committee with Brandon Huntley Hatfield and Jonas Adu and Euros is playing, and you got Folky. So I think it's whatever team gets complimented the most from inside, whatever they can shoot outside. So, you know, I, I, I said this the other day. I think if Alabama wins tomorrow night, I think they are the one that can knock off Kentucky on Friday. And I think that game could be very interesting on a neutral site. So that's what I'm looking forward to out of Alabama. I think Tennessee is going to be fine with their first matchup on Friday. I think they make it to Saturday. Not particularly worried about for them South Carolina or Mississippi State at the moment. But I think, yeah, Chad, you bring up a good one with Alabama and and Quinterly and Shackelford. Maybe they could potentially do something in this tournament. Vanderbilt uh, draws Georgia this evening, and if they win, they move on to take on Bama um, at 8 o'clock Eastern tomorrow evening. Uh, what is Scotty Pippen Jr. and uh, the best scorer in the, in the league? Uh, they get to the free throw line as a team more than anyone. Pippen does that quite often. Uh, what Can Vanderbilt, you mentioned, can Bama win tomorrow? Vanderbilt's certainly capable of going toe-to-toe with Bama. We just saw it. That's going to be the fun one to watch. I'm interested in how the whistle is going to go Scottie Pippen Jr.'s way here in Tampa. Um, but other than that, look, we, we've seen this Vanderbilt team play with some of the top dogs in the conference this year. And then, you know, kind of towards the end, depth kind of gets in the way. 
get kind of tired, get kind of blown out. People figure out what, what's going on with Scottie Pippen. But I will say this: you know, we, we did see Vanderbilt play Bama, and and how good they played in a sense inside the paint, but also with Scottie Pippen Jr. being able to get to the basket. And I think that's key for tonight and for tomorrow. You know, don't let let Georgia throw you off your game. You know, we, we all know what Vanderbilt can do tonight and then how they can advance to tomorrow. And I think that's, you know what, you get your good guard play. Uh, you you get your 25 points in the paint if you can. And you got to knock down some shots from outside the perimeter. Um, but it's all, all going to rely on, you know, how Scottie Pippen attacks Georgia's defense. And then, look, I'd be very excited to see a another rematch of Pippen versus – Quinterly or Shackelford tomorrow night. Um, I think there'd be a fun matchup. And I think Vanderbilt is a team that they play so hard. They play so physical for Stackhouse, which is not something I thought I would say this year, to be honest with you. But if they can get to tomorrow night and make things interesting with Alabama, I mean, the, the doors could come down here and win two games in Tampa. And it, and, it, and it wouldn't surprise me just because we've seen them play against Georgia and Alabama before. You can follow Trey on Twitter at Trey Wallace underscore. And, of course, just follow Outkick for more coverage. Trey, give us an idea. Give our listeners and viewers an idea of what's to come at the, at the website and, and your coverage. I know you're there tonight, but the coverage really ramps up tomorrow, starting with that first game as Florida will take on Texas A&M at noon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tomorrow is a big day. Uh, we'll get things rolling first thing tomorrow morning. Um, have a little look back at, at, at the games tonight and then going ahead what they mean for tomorrow. But tomorrow is the big day. Uh, we're setting it up to get started. You know, LSU is going to kick things off for us. We're going to have coverage all day. We're going to have post-game reaction. Uh, we're going to have interviews with coaches. Uh, we're going to talk to people in the industry uh, down here in Tampa, get them on video and talk to them about some college basketball and what they love about the SEC tournament in March Madness. So, look, we're going to have you covered from head to toe down here. I, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to bring some great content to the guys and, and everybody listening and, and watching and look forward to hopping on with you guys. And tomorrow is going to be crazy. We've got, we've got four games tomorrow that I think is going to set up for a real nice Friday and weekend down here in Tampa. So uh, just continue following OutKick. We'll get you. Yep, we'll be there. Appreciate Thanks. you, man. Glad you're there. Thanks, Trey. Trey Wallace will be joining us uh, a couple of times uh, tomorrow and on Friday as well, checking in right before tip-offs of games and a couple of times courtside, which would be really cool. Well, some great coverage coming up at OutKick.com with the SEC tournament. I'll also say, quick plug, uh, OutKick.com right now, there is a story from Glenn Gilbo that looks back on 30 years ago today was the brawl between LSU and Tennessee in Birmingham at the SEC basketball tournaments tournament between Shaq and Carlos Groves. I remember watching this like it was yesterday. I was about to head to a baseball a, a practice, I believe, at the time, and it was an all-time classic uh, where 10 players got ejected in this brawl. Dale Brown, before Juwan Howard, uh, swung and missed, but swung at a player for Tennessee at the time and then claimed he didn't, he didn't do anything. Then there was video footage after the fact. They were showing him and asking him about it. I didn't it. do it. Um, it was it's a classic, but a great trip down memory lane, courtesy of Glenn Gilbo up at the site at outkick.com. We'll check that out and uh, stay with us. We're going to peruse the conference champion so far. Take a look at the the tournament brackets and who's on top, who's already punched their ticket to March Madness, and much more that's straight ahead on Outkick 360. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. SEC Network Analyst and former Vol Dane Bradshaw joins us in 30 minutes. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network. We'll be previewing the SEC tournament specifics on the top four seeds and more with Dane. Uh, but there are teams that have already punched their ticket into the big tournament. And there's still plenty to be decided. But Chad, some exciting finishes along the way. Chattanooga uh, with the buzzer beater. Um, right, that, that right. Play State was unbelievable. Right. The Chattanooga game. It was oh, well it was defended. Awesome. It was really well defended. Yeah, the guy could have done nothing else but foul him, and, and he still hit it. Right, State in the brawl last night in the in the stands between uh, the parent section and and the student section, which is right beside each other or right behind each other. Nothing says March like fisticuffs. Yeah, and that's what they had in that game. And Wright State with a great comeback. Uh, to win that game Murray last State night. out of the OVC is legit. It's been fun. You know, uh, we just talked about it with Trey, but Rob Lanier, former Rick Barnes assistant at Tennessee, is now the head coach of Georgia State. I think he makes perfect sense for Georgia. Mm. Georgia State right there in downtown Atlanta. We go 45 minutes away to Athens. Uh, he's been a longtime Barnes assistant, but a great recruiter. Has done really well with that Georgia State program. Um, Bryant beat Wagner. Badly last night. I love a nice Bryant Wagner game. Oh, was that the brawl or no? It may what have a, been. I think. I think it may have been Bryant Wagner. That was where it. the brawl took place. Yeah, yeah but it was uh, either way. Look, these games <laughs> when you get into these these home, one bid leagues and they're the home crowd and you get the occasional. You know, some of these are played at a neutral site. Chattanooga's win, for instance, was in Asheville, North Carolina, at a neutral site. But it was Your a really city. good atmosphere. They had a lot of Chattanooga students. That, yeah, my city, Paul. OVCs in, place. in ja- Jacob Swanson would love Asheville also. Um, oh. But it, neutral site games versus when, you know, they you get a game at uh, Fairleigh Dickinson and it's a high school gym. Yeah. Like, I love turning to ESPN or ESPN2 and seeing a game played in what looked like, you know, a small high school gym that I would have played at in, at Mount Julia. We used to call Fairleigh Dickinson fairly ridiculous. That's for the kids that went there. I bet their rivals called them that also. Yeah. Um, but um, those, th- these games are, are the best. How th- about Loyola, week? Chicago? We, we've been talking about this for a couple of years. You talked about when their coach was considering leaving and, and did, but that this could become a, a Gonzaga, you know, turn into a major basketball program. Here it is again. I mean, it has, it is turning it uh, like how much more does it take before it's a, an established major basketball program? It's, it's on the cusp of that, isn't it? It's going to be in the tournament every year. I mean, they, they're a perennial tournament team. Yeah, and, it, and that run has put them there because it's that's remarkable. the advertising they need to get people to Legit. go to their school. Yeah. Well, Drew and, Valentine, the coach there now. Yeah, Drew Valentine uh, is going to get some looks at some other jobs also. That, that becomes the problem is Gonzaga became Gonzaga and stayed Gonzaga because Mark Few wouldn't take another job. And he got offered tons of jobs over the year. And he just get, kept getting paid more and more there. Um, Porter Moser took the money and went to Oklahoma and, and left. And, and, but he had turned down some overtures yeah. from other programs before that also. So can they get a guy to stay, or will it just constantly be what Creighton was for a time, what Butler was for a time, that launching point 
for really good young coaches to go there for three or four years. But stay good. And propel. Stay good. Go to the tournament every year. Cincinnati football was that for a while. Expectation has now become the tournament at Loyola Chicago. It's a fun program to watch. And keep in mind, we just talked about the SEC tournament. They came to Memorial Gym earlier this year and won against Vandy. It was before Vandy really started playing better and playing well this season. But they got a win in Nashville at Memorial. So it's it's a good Loyola Chicago team and a fun program to follow. I should have written this school down. Didn't somebody win a tournament last night that's not all the way Division One yet? Yes. And so they don't go. And the 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 team that I, I won knew, regular season. I know how to and I even know how to pronounce Ballard? this. Jackson, Jacksonville State's in. No, it's Bellerman. Bellerman. I've never Jacksonville heard. State's in because they can't go. Yeah. And they won Bell- their regular season. But Paul, to answer, to answer your question, Bellerman is in the transitional phase to Division One for four years. Impressive win. They're in year two. They played at Freedom Hall in Louisville is where they play their home games. It is a small private school in Louisville. Good for them. Knew a girl in college that went to Bellarmine. It's the only reason I know all Knew this. Knew a girl. And uh, didn't we all know a girl? But Bellarmine is in year two of the transition to D1. Wins their conference tournament. Can't even go to the big dance. That's a, they're ahead of schedule, so the re- you would say. But I like what they did. They didn't give it to the runner-up. They gave it to the regular season champion. Yeah, I think that's fair. Runner-up has to should have won that damn game. And what happens if Bellarmine won both? Yeah, then it then. goes to second place uh, regular season. I would guess they'd put a bigger emphasis on the regular season. It was a it was a solid win, and the way they you know uh, celebrated and stuff was cool. Um, I don't know. It's it's been a nice two week stretch of college basketball. It's been imagine a lot of fun. winning the tournament that gets you in and not being allowed to go in because you. It's also a little empty that you don't get to play on that Thursday or Friday of the NCAA tournament after winning that. Yeah. I mean, I love the celebration. That's all they could have won, and they did it. Right. So that was their national championship, was to win their conference in the tournament. But it would have been a lot sweeter if they were going to be gathering together on Selection Sunday uh, to see you know, they're going to go play Gonzaga and get pounded. <laughs> ACC tournament ongoing. Uh, Boston College and Wake Forest in overtime currently. Uh, Boston College with a four-point lead there earlier. Syracuse... Uh, knocked off Florida State. Jim Beheim's son punched a kid. And, and he chest. said it was incidental. Well, Dad said it was incident, incidental. Well, he said he reached back and swung, but he kind of alluded to I, I knew what I was doing, though, and it was not right. It was wrong. Headlines when we return, including a big-time contract for Harold Landry, and we will get into more free agent news. 